Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, here to share everything speech, language, play, development, homeschooling, and all of that other stuff that falls in between. World changers, we are on the last week of You've Got Questions, I've Got Answers, at least from a speech and language standpoint. And it has been a tremendous honor to share my thoughts and my ideas around the questions that you guys send in. And some of them have been doozies. More questions keep coming in. So guess what? For the month of November, we are going to keep that party going. So I am excited about that. So for today, I can't wait to get into this one. I read it. And I said, oh my goodness, I totally have to cover this because this is one of those questions that kind of gets ignored and hidden because, well, who do you go to for this? And so I'm going to break it down and I just can't wait to share. So we're jumping right in it. Dear Sharina, my 30 month old has a recent diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. We knew that language was delayed, but this came as a huge shock. I read through some of the paperwork, and one thing that stuck out to me was the sleep. My child has the worst sleep schedule. It is to the point that I have not had more than six hours of sleep in a night since birth. I understand that this can happen, but what can we try to do to get the sleep schedule together? World Changer, thank you for sending in this question. Sleep schedule is a symptom of autism that definitely gets overlooked and it's rarely mentioned unless it's something that's personally experienced and there's usually like a meme or something that's going along with it because the World Changer by then has gotten so used to living without adequate sleep because of their child's sleep diet that it's just become the norm. What my approach is with this area is that if we can try our best to undo while they're young and while they're still impressionable and it hasn't been reinforced to the point of where it's almost just ingrained, then let's go for it. Because guess what, y'all? At the end of the day, consistency is key. So I'm going to get into that. And before I jump ahead, because you know I will, we're going to get into this. So what does the sleep diet affect? Just basic sleep diet. Why do you refer to it as a diet? Well, because like anything else, it's something that we need in order to stay healthy. Sleep is required for the brain to recharge. We need that washout period to reinforce the things that we learned and get rid of the things that we don't need. And I'm telling y'all world changers, catch me on a night in the day after the night that I did not get enough sleep. I am not the woman that you hear before you today. I am not that woman. I am grumpy, I am short, I am irritated, and I'm agitated. Why? Because you think of the brain like a battery. The battery needs to be recharged. And we use that recharging for energy. So once that battery is full, we use that energy to get throughout the day. So if you think about your smartphone, right? Everybody just about has a smartphone nowadays. And if you put it on the charger, you plug it in or you lay it down on the pad that charges it, consider that you did it only for a short amount of time and it got a 50% charge. That means that for the day, it'll be about 50% good. Let's say we charge it to 80%. So we can consider then 
about 80% of the day is going to be good and it'll probably get us to about mm, three quarters of the day, but not quite enough. You think about the 50% and that's not even quite getting us to dinner. Like it's not enough. And so what happens? It eventually doesn't work and dies. Now we do not die. We don't die, but we do perform poorly. We might get used to the habit, but we're not performing at optimal peak when we are not getting proper sleep. And for our little sugars, to where developmentally, this is the time, that toddler time, 30 months, that's the time where everything's happening. Not only is their vocabulary growing, not only are they learning how to follow those complex directions, they're learning social skills, they're learning play skills, they're learning thinking skills, they're learning problem solving, they're learning how to use language, they're learning on and on and on. They're learning probably some pre-academic things and they're depending on where they are, but all of these things are happening. They're still, you know, figuring out the gross and fine motor movements. That stuff is still adapting. All of these things are happening at once. And so if a sugar is getting only a little bit of a recharge, then chances are the following day, they're only going to have a tolerance for a little bit of new learning, a little bit of new information because they have not had the washout and sugars need the full sleep in order to tolerate all of what is going to be happening with them and to them. And the sleep gives us the tolerance to handle that because the brain can handle more when it is recharged more. Food also plays a part in that, but we're not talking about food right now, but certainly sleep plays a big role in that. And this not only applies to my little sugars, world changers, this applies to you too. You need sleep too. So if little sugars go to bed at eight o'clock and you guys are all getting up at six in the morning, you need to be making sure that you're not staying up until one or 2 a.m. and thinking that you're gonna be all good for the next day with work and world changing and, and doing all of these things. So please, this applies to you as well. Here is the rundown about the autism piece. Here's the rundown. So I've talked about autism. If you've listened to the podcast, I have talked about autism spectrum disorder because it's something that we frequently see in the world of speech and language pathology, especially in early intervention. We're usually the first eyes to kind of pick up on what's going on because again, it's social at the core. If you've listened before, then you've heard me say that. And so Autism can impact language growth. It can impact language growth. It can impact language understanding. It can impact social skills, how we get along with each other, how we use conversation with each other. It can impact thinking. It can impact play skills. It can impact learning. It can impact problem solving, dealing with difficult things. It can impact reasoning and sensory processing. It can range from high functioning where maybe only the social skills are impacted, but none of the other areas are really impacted. Or it can fall on the more severe side of things where all areas of development are impacted and it can be accompanied with other diagnosis like ADHD and ADD. And if you want more information in the rundown of autism and what to expect, please listen to my episode. I believe there are two on autism spectrum disorder and you will get tooled up for that. But sleep is typically impacted for the kiddos who have autism because sometimes the brain and the body just don't get along. It's like a little war. They're just not quite in sync. 
The brain is telling the body one thing and then the body is reacting to what the brain is saying. The messages that it's sending to the brain ain't necessarily true. And so you start to see things that are like, hey, hmm, why are they doing that? Why are their hands flapping? Or why do they put their hands over their ears? Or why do they want a quiet environment? Or why are some light way too too um, either bright for them or the fluorescent lights, they just can't handle it? Or why is it that certain toys are stimulating where others are a no-go? Like it just depends. Sensory can show up in so many different ways. But a lot of times when a sugar cannot fall asleep and get into that rest state, it's because of the sensory and the brain and the body, they need some support to get on the same page to get into that rest place. And so that's where we come in because we can help with that as much as we can help to get them to where they need to go. And there's different approaches to help support the sleep diet because every little sugar is different and every need is different. And how we tend to that need is based on what they need. And so world changer, I want you to be extremely careful. Be so careful about what you read on the internet about what you saw, you know, Fran and them do and what you saw whoever in whoever else in them do because again, every child is so unique and so different and you can have the same label and it show up much differently. Think about it like this world changer. We're all human, but everything about us is not the same. So we can all be labeled as human But there's so much difference and variation that comes within that, whether it's looks, we can think about the physical, we can think about the internal, we can think about everything about us, our body shape, our physique, our thought process, it's different. And so that's how your sugar is. Your sugar is uniquely and wonderfully made. And the way that your sugar is tailor made is special to them and it's characteristic of them. And so this is why I always encourage to learn as much as you can about the diagnosis, but also learn who your sugar is and how that applies to them and how it is playing out. Not just the what, but the how it's playing out in real day-to-day life. That was not in my notes. So I know that was for somebody out there. So the pharmacological approach. So I am from the school of as much as we can stay away from that and do natural things to try to help the body heal, then let's do that. And so pharmacological, seriously, it's just a a fancy word for like over-the-counter pills. I try to stay away from it though from um, for our little sugars, but a popular approach and a popular tool is melatonin. Melatonin, it's a natural calming agent. It helps aid in sleep. It helps aid and rest. It has mixed results. I have some families who use melatonin and it has tremendous results. The sugar is getting asleep. They're getting a sleep diet. Everybody's getting rest in the house, real rest in the house. Other parents report that their sugars will not take it. They won't touch it. They don't like it or they're way too groggy or it just varies. Or again, they can outright refuse it because they don't like the texture. And in that case, I would ask my doctor. And if, again, I'm not looking for an uh, over-the-counter prescription, something prescribed, I would look for naturopathic approaches. And there's doctors who specifically work with natural practices and natural remedies to help the body. And you can totally go that route. There's a place in California that I love that I go to. 
and, and I would have sessions there to help families figure out what is best for them based on the advice that we were given. Sleep routine. Oh my gosh, sleep routine. I know that autism is a next level thing and it is not synonymous with typically developing sleep patterns and sleep routine. I know that. I know that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, silly and I'm not unwise. But establishing sleep routine can sometimes be like pulling teeth. It really can. It, it really can. It can be painful because you have these cute little people and they smell of cookies. And anytime they make a sound, we go in automatic mode of, I need to rescue this child. Soon as they cry or whimper or make a sound, or we just want to make sure they're still breathing. Like all of these things are real. And so establishing like that sleep routine and being like, I'm going to stick to it. You know, that stick to itiveness. It's sometimes hard. Oh my gosh. For me, it was hard because I just wanted to cuddle the babies all the time. And so my husband did great at establishing sleep routine and I did a fabulous job of breaking it. I am so sorry. I am so, so sorry. But I did. I did. Here's the deal at World Changers. Old habits, old habits. Establishing sleep routine means that old habits have to be broken. And so we're really going to get into what we can do. What can we seriously do immediately right now? Soon as we're done here, want to put it in action. Hashtag game plan. This is what you can do. Take away the stimulants. What's a stimulant? Anything that stimulates you and gets you turned up. Kid turned up though. You know, kid turned up is a different turned up. That's like, <laughs> it's like kids gone wild. Kids excited and kids going can go on and on and on and on and on. And so we want to take away the things that help that, that stimulate them for wanting to be up and about and alert and awake. And it seems like they get more alert and awake when it's closer to bedtime. So we want to stay away from high energy videos, rough and loud play, loud music, loud TV. Because remember, if sugar is overstimulated, then sugar is unable to rest and get to that rest state. And so we have to start playing with the environment to get sugar in that rest state. And so I would say at least an hour and a half, two hours before bedtime, calm the environment down. Take those stimulants away. Check the diet. Sugary foods are not a friend. If you have already gone down that path of sugary foods, if you can just do the job of taking one sugary thing away a week and replacing it with something else, something very closely related to that food, but an alternative that's not as sugary. So if you're a lover of juice and sodas, high fructose corn syrups, high sugary juices and sodas, maybe we can switch that out for an alternative. Maybe we can switch it out for water, or maybe we can switch out the three cups of juice a day for a glass of water, maybe half and half, or do half juice, half water, just cutting down the sugar. Foods that turn into sugar, that process into sugar, we want to stay away from those things as much as possible because, again, we're not trying to stimulate the body. We're trying to calm it down. And so diet can have a huge impact. Brain and gut are best friends. And so what's going in your stomach is feeding the brain. And so we want to make sure that the diet is good. And so that's why sugar is really not great because it gives them a really good high and then they crash and then they want the high again and then they crash and us adults, too. When are you eating dinner? Is dinner too close for bedtime? This plays off of number two. Now, number 
Number two, I was really talking about diet. Now I'm talking about when you're actually feeding yourself. Remember, food gives us energy. If we're eating an hour before bedtime (laughs) and we expect for sugar to transition into sleep, then we're kind of setting them up for failure and we're setting ourselves up for failure. You think about it. You eat breakfast in the morning, somewhere between seven and nine o'clock, depending on how your house is run. And lunch usually falls somewhere between 1130 and 1:30. There's a big gap in between with a snack. So if you're eating a whole meal, right? You think about that. You're eating a whole meal and it's 730 at night and you expect baby to lay down and go to sleep. Well, baby has two and a half hours of food energy that they need to expend. The food is also the recharging station too. That's another charging station that we use. Think about the smartphone and the battery. Food is another one. And so if sugar has food energy, OMG, they're not going to sleep. They're just not going to go to sleep. And also watch out for milk because if sugar is food sensory sensitive and heavily reliant upon milk and world changer, you're just like, I just need my sugar to eat. I just need them to drink or eat. I just need to make sure that they're getting nourishment. And that's where the multiple bottles of milk come in. There's also sugar in milk. So watch out for that. And it can definitely have an impact on going to sleep and inducing that sleep cycle. Nap time. Nap time is a biggie. Nap time is huge. You got to ask yourself a few questions, world changers. How long is sugar napping? How late is sugar napping? Naps in general shouldn't last longer than two hours. Let's put it like this, world changer. Four hour naps, that's not sleep. That's the night night. That's straight up the night night. You think about it like this, the five hour rule, right? If sugar naps from 12 to two, then you want to shoot for maybe a bedtime around 8 p.m. That's about right. That gives them five or six hours in between there. So from sleep to bed. Now, I know most of the time in the morning, sugars can wake up anywhere from, I've heard schedules as early as 5 a.m., as late as 10 a.m. You just want to make sure that there's multiple hours in between, between that nap and that next sleep. And if you're trying to get them to bed closer to eight or nine o'clock schedule, then you have to push up the nap and you have to shorten the nap and you have to play with it and make it work. And even if they don't nap fully during that time and they're just rolling around, still have them lay down. It's fine. Just have them lay down, have them rest. And then when they get up, they're still rested because their body is still in a calm state. So even play with that. If they're not big nappers and then they want to kind of stay up and then crash at a certain point or take a really late nap if they're not a napper and then they want to go to sleep around six and then sleep until 10 and then stay up multiple hours you gotta play with that you gotta push it back put them in the resting position and keep them up until it's bedtime and usually after a few weeks the body adjusts this is one of those topics that it's not a sprint it really is a marathon Like you have to stay so consistent with this to make sure that the routine, the old habits are being broken and the new habits are setting in. And remember, we want to recharge that battery. We want them to be working optimally. Is there a routine? Is there a routine? Sugars love routine. They're not going to say it because they don't even know that word, but they thrive best when there is a routine. This is where we come in. This is where we get super responsible, responsible, 
This is where we get super responsible about what we are doing, what we are allowing. And this is a boundaries thing. Like we have to set boundaries. We are mom and dad. We are the world changers. We're not the best friend. It's cool if friendship comes along with it, but really our job is to set parameters to train these people up. That's our job. And so routine is part of that if we want to get them at peak performance. And so that means that every day, there needs to be some kind of routine that goes in order. And so a lot of times I will recommend dinner, play, bath time, story time, bedtime. And play can simply be that five to seven minutes that you're spending with them. Or play can be you go independently in your corner and you do your thing. Play can be so many different things, but it's really just that little time in between before it's time to transition to the bath time, story time, bedtime routine. And I always recommend a nighttime bath because again, it really does induce that calm, that sleep. It's time for night night. It helps with that. And so you have to create a variation that works for you. But I do recommend again, nothing overstimulating, Let's induce a calm environment. And that's seriously like those last few hours of the night. Creating a calm environment. This is not just for our sugars. This is also for the adult. Like really developing a calm environment can help with the sleep routine. Earlier, I mentioned taking away overstimulating things, but you can replace that with things that are more calming. There's even apps now. Do you know that there are apps out there that want you to calm down, want you to stop and take a breath. If you put on your smartwatch, it will tell you if you've been sitting down for too long, hey, it's time to take a breathe. Hey, it's time to get up and move. Hey, I notice your heart rate is going fast. It's time to, let's do these breaths. Let's do that. There's a whole app called Calm because people want you to calm down to get in that calm state because when we're in a calmer state we're in a more rested state and we're in a position to where we can think more clearly and do more clearly and in this case we want to focus in on sleep and so we want to calm ourselves to get to that sleep place you notice my relaxing voice right that's a relaxing voice very relaxing i'm ready to sleep sleep now just kidding no i'm not anyway this is what you can do Replace the TV with calm music. You know, I love a good show. I do. I love a good show. But calm music can, it can really do the trick. It gives you the time and the chance to just kind of wash away the day. And it gives you something to not hyper-focus on. For sugar, it gives them the ability to not be overstimulated. Like their TV and our TV is so much different. Like five minutes of their TV It's no joke, like it is designed to be stimulating. Why is it designed to be so stimulating? Because they wanna keep sugar engaged. And guess what happens when you keep sugar engaged? They watch more and then guess what? They want more and then they want what? More, more of it, more of it, more of it. And so these shows are stimulating and they're getting shorter and shorter and they're packing all of this information and all of this sensory stuff into this short little stuff. And I mean, I have my soup talk about that, but it just, it impacts so many things in a way that I don't even love. But at the end of the day, it's way too much when we're trying to induce a calm state for a little sugar who has difficulties naturally calming down. Hiding technology in a place they cannot see. Please hide the technology. Hide your smartphone, 
hide the tablets, hide the remotes, hide them in a place that they can't get to. Now, I've known some Olympic type toddlers and have seen Olympic type toddlers in my day to where they can climb those five tier dresser drawers and get into that top drawer and take the technology out because they've seen where it is. So I need you to hide it in a place where they can't see it because again, remember that TV and technology is super stimulating and they want it. And so you taking it away is, I mean, you're just not gonna get gold stars from them for that. You'll get them from me, but not from them. Like you're not a friend for doing that on there. In their minds, you're not a friend. You've taken their stuff away and they don't like that and shame on you and all of those things. How dare you take my tech? But again, our goal is not always to be the friend and to give them what they want. It really is to, get them into a healthy sleep diet so they can perform their best and so find a place a safe a something that is out of their reach if you have one of those master type gymnast ninja warrior kind of kids that know how to take chairs and stack books on chairs and get to stuff lock it figure it out world changer make it work for you and just keep the big picture in mind don't let their shenanigans become a barrier for you the final thing you can do is dim the lights and turn off the lights. Most of the lights, not all the lights. Please don't email me telling me you were running into stuff. Please use wisdom. I just want you to just do whatever it takes to promote calm environment. Whatever it takes to promote a calm environment. And sometimes that does take playing with the lights. And so when we're dealing with sensory, so far we've dealt with how we can personally help the environment to induce sleep. And at this age, I really, again, wanna truly stay away with pharmacological, AKA pills, to help with sleep. Like again, melatonin is natural, but still I wanna stay away from it as much as possible because if we can do these things and it helps and it does the trick, then high five to us. But if it doesn't, then we need to, you know, be a little bit more aggressive about our approach. And so we cannot, ignore the elephant in the room why this is all happening that sensory piece sensory in general it can show up in so many different ways if you listen to episode 34 i talk about sensory processing disorder and you can learn a lot more there i'm not going to go through it but understanding sensory is genuinely key to understanding a sugar with autism spectrum disorder like that sensory piece is so underlooked but it is such an issue like it is an issue for them and it's overlooked because guess what us typically developing people who don't have sensitivities like that to the extreme that they can't cope with day-to-day stuff it's really a problem for them and if we ignore it then it's an ignoring an aspect of them And remember, that's not what we're in this for. Like we are here to connect, grow and learn together. And this is part of the learning piece. You gotta learn so you can make that connection. And once you connect, then you guys can grow together. So be wise, world changer, don't overlook that. And in the meantime, world changer, for you who have not gotten more than six hours of sleep in a long time, 30 good months, I want you to figure out some ways to practice healthy sleep routines. So if sugar is napping and you're a stay-at-home parent, I want you to take that nap with sugar. I do. I know that paying bills and cleaning the house and getting them Cheerios off the floor and all of that stuff is important. It is. I don't discount that at all. But so is your peace of mind, your mental health, and your sleep. 
So I need you to go ahead and take a nap. If you put sugar down, let's say for two hours and you're like, look, Sharina, I can't give up two hours of cleanup time or mommy time or whatever time it is, then give it an hour. If you're like, hey, Sharina, I'm at work. I don't have no nappy nap time with my little sugar. I hear you. I feel you. I've been there too. And so this is what I want you to do because I used to do it. I was infamous for it, especially when I was pregnant with my son at work. Oh gosh, infamous for laying my head down on the desk during lunch and going night, night. I would eat and then I would go to sleep until my next world changer came through the door because I was that tired and that hungry at the same time. So I know it can be done. And those chairs were not comfortable and that desk was not comfortable, but it was what I needed and it worked for that season. So do what you gotta do, world changer. I want you to not be checking up on those emails or looking at Snapchats and TikToks and all of that stuff. I want you to get that brain recharge, get some rest, go the night night, y'all, okay? You need the sleep just as much as they do because you're pouring out so much and I need you to take care of you, world changer. The hardest part about establishing a healthy sleep routine is really just staying consistent. Consistency is key. Like we really get discouraged when stuff doesn't happen the first time, the second time, or the 20th time. But you have to stay on top of things. You have to stay consistent for sugar. You have to reinforce that it's sleep time or lay down time or the night night time or whatever you call it time because... It's what they need. It's what you need. You guys need that separation from each other. Like sugar doesn't need to be going the night night with you. Like they need to be in their own space, in their own bed, in their own room, unless there is just extenuating circumstances. And I highly doubt it is that extenuating to where they just can't be separated from you in their own space. I can't emphasize that enough. Own space. If it's something as simple as just being quiet because sugar tries to loop you into conversation, all of a sudden they want to talk, that ain't the time. Talk to me tomorrow about it. Say nothing and put them quietly back to bed. And do not forget your parenting partner. Get them in on this party because they need to be a part of that too. You shouldn't be burdening that, uh, handling that burden alone. Most important world changer, don't give up. When you give up, it's going to reinforce old habits and reinforcing old habits is going to make it even harder to break because guess what? Sugar's gonna be like, I know at some point, mama's gonna break, dad's gonna break. And so if I can wear them down enough and then if I can add some new stuff to it, oh, they're really gonna break. And you think about it like this, you overcome it once, and then you decide to return back to it, it's seven times harder to break that old habit. So stay away from that world changer. Don't do it. It ain't worth it. Stay consistent. Don't give up. I'm cheerleading for you on this. I know you can do it. I know it's hard. I've seen it for years, but I'm telling you, don't overlook this because OMG, it's not cute when it's continuing to happen for years and years and years to come. So let's try to nip this one in the bud as fast as we can. So world changers, I say all that to say sleep diet, it ain't no joke. Sleep diet ain't no joke. But with some hard work and perseverance, it pays off. I know you can do this, world changers. I know you can. That is it for this week's episode. I was so glad to be here today. And I got a few things I got to share. Guess what? It is official. You can pre-order your copy of Watch Me Connecting to Your Child Through Play. Not only can you get the Kindle version, you can pre-order your print copy as well. December 1st is coming fast. Order your copy. Whoop, whoop. I'm so excited. Check out my website at I'vegotthiskid.com and go under, I believe, Grow, and it'll be under Books, and you can get it right there. Please support 
this book because I really think that it's going to help you. It's going to be a big thing for you or somebody you know or somebody else who you know and just buy copies and give them out. Buy them, give them out. Do what you've got to do to make sure that we're all staying tooled up and learning how to consistently connect with our little sugars. And it'll be out right in time for Christmas. So it'll be a great stocking stuffer. Either way, I just want you to snag a copy. Also, share with a friend. Share with a friend. If this podcast has been amazing for you, share it with a friend. Don't hold it in for yourself. Let's make sure that not only are we getting tooled up, but we're getting other people tooled up out there. Because guess what? They might have a question that they may not want to ask you, but they'd be comfortable with asking me. And so I want you to keep that in mind that sometimes it's not about us and our fears. And I've even been working on this of getting outside of the box and just saying, hey, you know what? I might not have all the answers, but I know someone who might be able to help you in this lane. And I love doing this. I love answering these questions. Even the hard ones like sleep is not an easy thing. And it really is an intimate thing. And coming into your home and you inviting me into your home to say, hey, let's try this stuff out. I appreciate it, world changer, for you even taking the time to listen to that. And I genuinely hope and pray that it works. Send me a message and tell me how it works out for you or send me a message and tell me what you did or post it on my social media page. This is what I did to help my sugar with their sleep routine. This is how they did. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. Because remember, to a certain point, I'm still in the cheap seats. We're in this together, world changers. I have all the clinical knowledge and experience and I'm pretty expert at that. But as far as like that day to day in and out of you living with it, you're expert at that. And so as long as we keep coming together, we will stay tooled up we'll continue to get better together and I don't know I just like hearing from you guys finally guess what this is my finally guess what is that even a thing it is right now I am officially back blogging I miss blogging world changers I love blogging like you guys don't even know when I had to stop blogging for a season it hurt painfully. I felt pain and it lingered. And I'm not lying. I had to switch gears though, world changers. I had to work on my doctorate and get some writing done. And I got 119 pages of good stuff. Now, if you're looking for a tranquilizer, you could get into that because it's all about language development and parent stress. And there's some good stuff in there. So I don't want you to miss that either. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I won't post that for you guys to read unless you're just really that interested. But I got some good stuff in there. But just know that now that I have the time freed up again, I'm back to blogging. I'm trying to figure out the schedule. I'll get it together, but just know that it will be there. It'll be on the I've Got This Kid website. So check that out, share it with your friends, share it on your page because I usually post it on my social media pages and all of those links are below. So like that and share it, share it with somebody else. Again, sometimes the biggest witness is the silent witness and that's just pushing the share button and you ain't said a word, right? Join me next week. I told y'all at the beginning, I can't keep no secrets. Oh my gosh, November, we're gonna continue with you've got questions and I've got answers. As long as the questions keep coming in, guess what? The answers will keep coming out. I've been enjoying this. I want to do what works for you guys, what makes sense to you guys, and answer the questions for the things that are pressing for you guys. So keep sending stuff in. I appreciate it. I enjoy it. If you have never sent in a question and you're like, where can I do that? Go to questions at I've got this kid.com. Send me an email. Send your question. I'll jazz it up. I'll put it on the show. And that's even if it needs any jazzing. It might be fine alone. Either way it goes, send it in. I would love to hear from you. World changers, until the next time, take care.